0: all right welcome back to another episode hey all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans it's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the blasters and blades podcast just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies a place where magic is king the sky is the limit and space is the place so without further ado we get to introduce you to our lovely guest the one the only miss Gemma clatworthy uh, who publishes under g clatworthy G as in G Man, the Fed. She is uh, the proverbial (laughs) government agent, superstar for 007, I understand, right?
1: (laughs) Something like that. Or maybe an urban fantasy and children's book author based in uh, lovely Wiltshire here in the UK.
0: (laughs) Is that north? uh, uh, Is that around London? For those of us on the other side of the pond, what's it close to that we might know?
1: Um, Yeah, so it's about 50, 60 miles away from London to the west.
0: Okay, because uh, for, for most of us, Yanks, London's like the only city in your in your little island.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it's London. It's, it's just yeah, London, all it's of it.
0: <laughs> all of it. The whole island is London. Um, so, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, outside of writing, uh, which is what I really love to do, I enjoy uh, crafting and playing board games uh, when I get the time. So I've got a, a young family. So a lot of my spare time is spent with them.
0: Oh, what kind of board games?
1: Uh, I really love co-op games and escape room style games. So I don't know if you've played any of those, like the unlock series. That's probably I one of my not. favorites. Okay. They're really good.
0: I have to expand my horizons, apparently. <laughs> what All right, game they... do you like playing? Uh, Well, I... I... Spend way too much time playing Dungeons and Dragons and various tabletop role-playing games. Uh, when I let myself, uh, I'm all about the uh, open-world RPGs like uh, Fallout and Skyrim. I've got way too many hours logged into Skyrim. Uh, mostly since I started writing, I, I sort of let my Xbox collect dust because, well, I, you know, it's it's one or the other. I don't have the brain power for both. Uh, but I do I do enjoy some tabletop games. It's just hard to find a, a quorum of people to play with. So yeah.
1: I think that's why I like co-op. So normally it's just me and my other half playing and we do a lot better when we're on the same team.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we we I play a lot of chess with my youngest. Uh sort of teaches uh teaches him to relate to the world. These with, with special needs kids, you do what you can and it kinda it's a way to teach confidence because he's smarter than me. He beats me all the time. Um so so it's uh, it just helps. Um and I think games in general, they they teach people problem solving in ways that I think some of this mindless, you know, first-person shooters, which I also love, so don't send hate mail. Um, <laughs> but but I think some of these strategy games they teach you to think in ways that that's lost in this fast-paced world.
1: Yeah, certainly. There's loads of uh, decisions to make, especially in some of the more Euro style games. You know, do you play the long game or do you go for the the quick points? Um, So, yeah, we're we're starting to get uh, my kids into board games as well, but they're still little. So uh, it's more uh, role and moves than anything too strategic.
0: But it still teaches teamwork. So it's a good thing. Yeah. So the second part of the introduction, dear listener, is how we first found them. And this one's a really simple one. Um, Like I said, she's a secret agent. So when I was working for MI6 and she was working for (laughs) Double okay, I'm making all that stuff up. Uh, Mel Mel Todd, a friend of the show, said, hey, I'm doing this anthology and you're going to talk to us about it. So I said, yes. Uh, And here we are. Um, now, since this is the Blasters and Blades podcast, we cannot let you escape without the religion question before we start. So which church do you attend? The Last Starfighter, Warehouse 13, or Flight of the Navigator?
1: You know what? I'm so ashamed. I haven't actually seen any of those. Um, maybe I could play the youth card because I was only one when some of those were out. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> see uh, but... here, kid. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I will get around to watching them. uh, But I guess on the sci-fi side, uh, I can remember watching uh, Star Trek and Doctor Who with my dad. So I don't know if that that helps. That works.
0: That works. (laughs) Um, Those are good ones, too. So do you have a favorite uh, Trek captain?
1: Um, I think Picard was the one that I grew up with. So I'm going to have to say him. Maybe that's controversial. I don't know.
0: Because he drinks tea. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that, that, you know that's a big part of it, being British tea lovers.
0: <laughs> so, so I have this. Uh, my first series I actually published for a British publisher. Who we have this going back and forth. How do you drink your beer? Ice cold, as the gods intended, or some weird warm temperature?
1: <laughs> um, you know, I don't actually drink beer, but if you ask me about gin and tonic, it would be ice cold.
0: Okay, well, you get a pass if you're not drinking it. You're not drinking it wrong, so so you still win. <laughs> So, and and because we're polytheistic here at the Blasters and Blades, Shannara Chronicles, The The Witcher or Grimm?
1: I am really enjoying The Witcher TV series. I think they've done a fantastic job with that. Um, I really love how they've interpreted both the books and the video game. I think it's spot on.
0: That works. All right, and so, uh, because we like both the fantastical and the scientific, which was your first love, science fiction or fantasy?
1: uh oh fantasy for sure i just love getting lost in the the magical worlds without worrying about how the tech works
0: (laughs) so what was your first memory of engaging in uh the genre
1: uh, it was definitely reading. So the memory really that really sticks with me is picking up uh, my parents' only Terry Pratchett book that they had on their shelves. I don't know why I was drawn to it, uh, but it was Feet of Clay uh, when I was in secondary school and I absolutely loved it. Um, and then thinking back, uh, well, I guess actually, uh, did you ever read those Choose Your Own Adventure books? I have really time. fond memories of that and just you jump long- back and forth between the choices.
0: <laughs> and we totally never cheated. Never. Oh,
1: no, I didn't, you know, read with all my fingers stuck in the pages so I could flick back. <laughs> Never. So,
0: so what was the Choose Your Own Adventure that you did? I love The Lone Wolf, which was sort of like a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy, only you actually had to, like, track your weapons and figure out if you won the fight.
1: Oh, I didn't think I don't think I did anything as complicated as that. It was normally, like, choose right and left, and then <laughs> one of them oh, ends up in a dead too. end. But, yeah, yeah. Um, So actually, I'm really enjoying with my daughter. We're just starting to get her into some of, uh, well, not the choose your own adventure books, but some of the kind of fantasy type books, like the worst witch ones and things like that. So it's really cool seeing her discover a new genre.
0: There actually is an author in Australia who we've interviewed, R. -R Max Tilsley, who actually has started writing um, choose your own adventure books for kids with like zombies and stuff.
1: Amazing. I'm gonna have to get that name off you after the show.
0: Sure, sure, I'll get that link to you after after we get on. So uh, what is it about speculative fiction, the wider sci-fi fantasy genre that you love?
1: I love the openness of it. The idea that anything can happen and anything is possible. I find that so exciting. And I also love the escapism of it. Like the real world is hard. So when I read, I really want to escape.
0: That works. I, I read to escape as well, so it's it's nice when people don't throw real world problems at me, and we can just pretend that doesn't exist for a few minutes or hours. Yeah, that's that's the fun part. So, how did your love of um, fantasy translate or transition into you writing stories?
1: So, I well, I've always loved reading speculative fiction or, or fantasy, and I have always loved writing too. That's a real cliche, but um, actually. I started writing down stories to publish uh, during the lockdown we had in the UK last year because of, uh, you know, the virus or the plague, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, So I was actually really close to burnout during that time and just needed something to do just for me because we were homeschooling as well. And it it was really tough trying to do that and work. So um, I started writing kids books uh, and then After doing that, I thought, you know what? No, I want to write something that's more for me, less for my kids. So that's when I started writing urban fantasy. And now I make sure I take about an hour a day to write for myself and create these stories.
0: That's a solid plan. So many authors let their own real life experiences influence the stories they tell. So were there any specific formidable moments that shaped you as a storyteller?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so my current series, Rise of Dragons, is influenced a little bit by a D&D game I played a few years ago. And the main character in that is very loosely based on a tank character that one of my friends played. Uh, so that's that's one of the influences. And then I guess more personally, uh being a parent has definitely been a massive journey for me and i'm thinking about how to bring that into a future series not this one but a future one and i've got a couple of story ideas to play on my experience in the corporate world and i'm trying to think how to weave that in with some supernatural shenanigans
0: that could be interesting so normally if it applies we ask about military service and how that affected you You haven't served in the military, but you you told me in the pre-show a cool story about some fun military tech you got to play with. So I was hoping you could tell that story.
1: Yeah, so I got to ride along in a tank and I looked up what type of tank it was for the show. uh, So you can geek out over it. So it was an FV 432. I believe is how you say that tank. It's about a 17 ton uh, tank and it had been converted to fire paintballs, So it was a tank experience and I got to drive, like drive along with it. And uh, they're pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what I will say.
0: <laughs> I escorted convoys that were hauling tanks when I was in Iraq. And so we had to do some climbing in them to, to do the tie downs. And they weren't a lot of fun. Strikers weren't much better. That's the um, uh, mechanized infantry vehicle that the U.S. uses. But but the tankers had an even tighter quarters. So yeah. they, yeah. they yeah, like to say well, death before dismount. But I think that's mostly because they just can't find a way out.
1: <laughs> no, I can <laughs> definitely see how that's the case. And it, it's really hot in there as well, which I hadn't realized before I was in it. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine it being just so unpleasant to be in for such long periods of time.
0: And you got a lot of body heat from the people inside of it and the lack of showers and it gets pretty (laughs) rank.
1: Yeah. We're painting a good picture here.
0: Yeah. So everybody (laughs) sign up, join the cavalry. (laughs) Um, So transitioning from the writing side, let's talk about things from a fan angle. So have you ever spotted anybody out in public reading your books?
1: uh not out in public but i have some wonderful fans who send me shots of themselves uh, on instagram reading my books uh normally accompanied by a large glass of wine or, or a gnt or something and i i love getting those pictures they they make it feel real so
0: so do they send you sample products of whatever they were uh, imbibing to go with it because it's rude not to share
1: <laughs> you know what i'm gonna mention that next time <laughs> <laughs> next time i get one
0: <laughs> we'll have to see what we can do. All right. If you're listening and you're her fans, you should you should send samples of the booze you're drinking because, you know, manners. <laughs> All right. So while she has been an interesting guest so far and we will have her back for a longer episode today, as I mentioned, we're here to talk about uh, her short story in the anthology. Uh, and we're doing that because I think there's value in short content that gets overlooked in the the rush to write full length novels and long series. Um, as the markets have shifted and a lot of the short content markets have dried up, I think it's a dang shame. And uh, so I'm going to do my part and we're going to interview authors about their short stories and short stories, short interviews. Um, so let's uh, let's see what this anthology is all about. It is called if, you, if you're if you looking at this on YouTube, you can see the cover summer solstice, summer solstice shenanigans. That's a I'm saying
1: out. that three times fast. Right. And I, I'm not <laughs>
0: even drunk yet. Um because, you know, it's not evening yet. Although I guess if you're talking to someone overseas and it's five o'clock at their time, does that count? I don't know.
1: It's five o'clock five. somewhere.
0: Right? <laughs> All right. So the uh, <clears throat> this is going to be my attempt at a movie trailer voice. Send your hate mail to Saskia at uh, Blasters and Blades podcast. A full moon solstice. Let the magic flow. Feel the power. Fae come out to play. Vampires rove from dusk till dawn. And werewolves howl. Do they howl? On this fateful night, out come the witches, demons, vampires, shifters, and fantastic creatures in celebration of magic and mayhem. Some spells can only be cast or curses broken on this rare enchanted night. If you dare, follow the Fae down a magical path, but beware of getting forever lost. There's trouble around every corner amidst the glow of the supernatural. The Summer Solstice Anthology includes twenty-five brand new, never before published urban fantasy short stories from international best-selling authors, as well as exciting new talent. Wow! I guess that guy's got his job for another day.
1: <laughs> no, that was a uh, great introduction. Thank you.
0: So oh, uh, I'm sure you wrote it yourself. It had nothing to do with the publisher. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was your story in this anthology titled?
1: My story is called Summer Solstice in Swindon. And I know you're gonna ask me, Swindon is the largest town to where I live. And so uh, it's basically London, still London.
0: Okay, still London, everything's London. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, now that we've established this, we will move on. (laughs) So (laughs) what can um, um, the basic synopsis of your short story, can you give us the, the rundown?
1: Yeah, so the main character is a lynx shifter who's called Agent Jones, and she works for the Magical Liaison Office, which is an organisation trying to keep peace between magical and mundane beings. And instead of going to the largest summer solstice party at Stonehenge, she's called to investigate a failing magical seal underneath a magic roundabout in Swindon, uh, which, as I said, it's a large town in the UK aka london
0: london so uh I, i've heard roundabout sound round a boot when you're canadian so it's nice to know that you say it a little bit different um that's the circle thing for all you americans we don't have any of those
1: it is uh, but shall i tell you what the magic roundabout is because it's a bit crazy
0: Um, so
1: it it genuinely exists it's called the magic roundabout your listeners can google it and it is essentially one large roundabout circle thing surrounded by five smaller circle things and it is absolutely crazy to drive around you can pretty much go any way you want uh and you just navigate all these smaller roundabouts and the big one and it is it's crazy to drive how
0: i mean i I've been driving for <clears throat> too many years, and that makes me nervous. So I can't imagine new drivers having to brave that.
1: Yeah, I was very lucky. I did not have to learn to drive anywhere near one of those things.
0: <laughs> and then for Americans to do it on the wrong side of the road, on the wrong side of the car, it would keep it even hairier.
1: Yeah. Well, it might be easier because if you get them right, you can actually go the wrong way around it if you get the right lanes, but those lanes to choose the right ones is just, I don't know, you need some sort of magical degree in driving roundabouts. It's
0: so you use, you use the magic roundabout as the inspiration for the short story. I like that. Um, have you ever actually driven it?
1: I have i have but it's it's i'm not gonna lie it's pretty dicey going around it oh certainly i felt that way so on occasion i have kind of diverted massively out of my way just to avoid (laughs) doing it
0: it. do, do they have a lot of accidents there is this like a dead man's alley kind of thing uh
1: i think they have a few but i don't think it's as many as you'd expect i think yeah people are I don't know whether they're used to it or whether everyone's just a great driver. Apart from me, it's entirely possible.
0: <laughs> so does this story fit into a larger universe?
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, so Agent Jones is a secondary character in my Rise of Dragons series. Uh, so this short story is a bit of backstory for her about how she ends up in Cardiff, uh, which is the capital of Wales. Um, so, so actually not London. Uh, and that's where the Rise of Dragon universe is set in.
0: Okay. Have you actually been to Wales to visit the places that you describe or?
1: Yeah, I lived there for a few years. I actually went to university there. So it's a city that's really close to my heart. um, And I really enjoyed going back there for this story. Okay.
0: And that makes all your reunions tax deductible if it works anything like it does here. That's like smart, smart planning.
1: Oh my goodness. I never even thought of that. (laughs) I
0: I, I have tax accounts in the family. I think about all these things. (laughs) So, so given, um, that this story is uh, and we're not giving financial advice because we don't want you to sue us. Um, given that this <laughs> story, uh, short story is the urban fantasy genre, is the rest of the universe.
1: Yes, so it's all urban fantasy, um, although, uh, as I said, this kind of follows a different uh, main character. So in the series, the main character is a half-dwarf jeweller called Amethyst, and she just wants to run a shop and have a quiet life. But then her best friend, who's a gnome, gets kidnapped by a cult that wants to raise a dragon. So she gets involved with trying to stop that cult.
0: So... In your urban fantasy universe, do the the dwarves and the gnomes and all the magical creatures and the wee beasties, do they hide in plain sight or is, are they out in the open? Uh,
1: they're out in the open. So they are, I would say, tolerated by the mundane beings, but it's a bit of an uneasy kind of feel to it. Uh, that's why there's this uh, magical liaison office that exists. So anything that happens, that's a bit of a magical incident. Uh, like seals breaking under magic roundabouts for example Uh, this office is on the scene trying to contain things and uh, minimize the fact that there are that there's magic and that it's powerful if that makes sense
0: it does um so what is it about urban fantasy that the genre that appeals to you
1: I really love the mix of magic and the modern world, and the technology we have now is just so amazing. I, I love exploring how that can help, uh, or in some cases, hinder magic users. So, plus, you know, you don't have to create a whole new universe, which is always a bonus when you're writing.
0: <laughs> it does make it easier to jump in. Um, so, do you dictate it, or do you type the old-fashioned way?
1: I type the old fashioned way. I have tried dictating, um, but I don't know what it is. The words just lose a bit of the magic. And then I spot a typo as I'm talking and the software hasn't picked it up quite right. So then I find myself having to stop and correct it. So for the moment, I'm an old fashioned uh, typer.
0: So do you watch some of the urban fantasy shows? I know I just saw an ad for Sweet Tooth over on Netflix, which is sort of the birth of of hybrid creatures, which sounds like urban fantasy to me.
1: Yeah, it sounds really good. I've had a couple of people recommend it to me. I haven't watched it yet. I have really enjoyed um, Shadow and Bone, which I think is another Netflix one. It's a bit more high fantasy than urban fantasy. Um, and what else have I watched? to do uh i did watch grim as well i think that's urban fantasy
0: okay so. and um let's see we have sweet tooth i'm going to add those to the it said it was blood and bones
1: uh shadow and bone i think it was called
0: nice i'll take that up. i think we were that was one of the ones sasco was trying to get us to do um, do a review on. So we might have to have you back to talk about that one. All oh, right. Yeah, do you think when you write urban fantasy and you have fantasy is so intrinsically tied for many people to like early European type cultures, do you feel like living in England and a- London? Uh, cause everything's London. <laughs> do you feel like living there, um, sort of inspires you to, to tell that sort of story?
1: Yeah, I think it can do. I mean, the great thing about being over here is there's history absolutely everywhere. So I'm about less than an hour away from Stonehenge, uh, which is, you know, really ancient monument. No one's really 100% sure what it's there for. Um, So, yeah, there's just history absolutely everywhere over here, which is just really great. I love it.
0: So just for the record, in case you didn't know, um, Diana Gabaldine already told us what those were for. It's for time travel.
1: Oh, time travel. I see. Not aliens, then.
0: Well, I mean, maybe time traveling aliens. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) All right. So we got some fun stories before we let you go. And uh, we will have you back for for a longer episode to talk about the series uh, when we have the full cast of hosts. But uh, which urban fantasy universe from any medium, games, movies, books, would you want to live in and why?
1: So my absolute favorite, uh, I think it's urban fantasy universe, uh, is Terry Pratchett's Discworld. I absolutely love it. I love all of the characters. So I think I, I'd like to go there and, and meet some of them.
0: Okay, Terry Pratchett. Huh? He's a good one. I, you can't go wrong there. The Terrys were a good run. Terry Pratchett, Terry Brooks, Terry Goodkind.
1: Yeah, there was there's something in the name Terry, wasn't there? It's
0: good. I think so. Um, so following that, which universe would you not want to live in?
1: Oh, I mean, there's some that are just really dark and dangerous and I, I don't think I'd thrive in that sort of environment. Uh, so let me think. Yeah, maybe, maybe something more like the, the witcher and that kind of gritty danger around every corner universe. Yeah, I wouldn't do well.
0: (laughs) I mean, you'd have to take up the sword and learn to fence or something
1: yeah well, you know, actually, I did do a little bit of uh, battle reenactment when I was at university, so I think I've still got my um hand and a half sword here, so maybe it wouldn't be as bad as I think
0: now, when you say battle reenactment, are you talking about his uh, living history, like society of creative anachronisms? I don't know if that's across the pond the SCA are you talking about actual reenacting certain periods like what what do you mean
1: um yeah, so so I don't think we have the SCA over here um, but I guess it's similar. So so living history is what I would call it. So uh, those crazy people who get dressed up and go hang around castles and then they might put on um, a, a battle or an archery contest or, or a joust for the amusement of the paying public. Uh, I was in one of those groups uh, in Cardiff actually. So it was the Cardiff Castle Garrison. I think they've changed their name now. Uh, but yeah it was good fun. I was probably the smallest person uh, like to ever put on a helmet and, get the chainmail mail on and go out into a into a brawl <laughs> it's good fun
0: I'm sure you want all of them <laughs> All the maybe
1: fights. but only because everyone at- thought I was too you know small and weak to <laughs> to pick on <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so did you do the archery too that's something I want to learn
1: yeah yeah I've got a, a bow here actually so um yeah I did archery as well It's, I really enjoyed it it's good fun
0: Good, good way to zen your mind. All right, so last one for the road. So what is your favorite creature to see in an urban fantasy universe?
1: Uh, Well, dragons are always great. And, you know, Wales is the land of dragons. So I feel I can lay some claim to to that from having lived there and and being half Welsh, so.
0: Oh, half Welsh, all right. So you get like a a pass if you make up words. They're like, oh, she's Welsh, it's okay. (laughs) Welsh from London town.
1: Yeah. I should totally use that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as we wrap this up, can you tell listeners where they can find you on the interwebs? Uh,
1: Yes. So I've got a website, www.jemmaclatworthy.com. That's Gemma with a G. Uh, So you can join my newsletter there um, and get a free prequel to the Rise of Dragons series to read. Or you can find me on Instagram uh, under Gemma Clatworthy or Facebook, again, uh, Gemma Clatworthy there
0: all right and you can find us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades anchor.fm backslash blasters tack and tack blades you can find us on twitter at sf underscore fantasy underscore show sierra foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show you can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com i promise that's actually a real email if you wanted to reach out we have a Facebook group, which is facebook.com/blasters and blades podcast. You can support the show over at buy me a coffee/author uh, J.R. Handley. Be sure to put in the show notes that it's for the podcast, and we'll make sure we keep the other co-hosts duly intoxicated. They will drink until their liver surrenders. Or you can su- uh, support us on a monthly basis over on anchor.fm/blasters tech and tech blades. So thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For Nick Garber and Doc Seska, I'm JR Handley, and this was the Blaster and blades podcast we'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture cheesy jokes and all things that go boom and that's a show